0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Programs, and welcome to another episode of Fan Holes, Big in Japan. I'm Justin, and I'll be your host tonight. Joining me are three of my fellow vampire hunters. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves?
2: Hello, I am Derek. I am from the far future, and I am here to talk about podcasts. Hey, what's up?
3: <laughs> hey, it's Mike. If I just talk like this,
0: all the girls will want me. It's okay if you cry. Just don't let her see it. Be a man. Be a man, Danny. Be a man, Danny. That was was pretty good, right? Yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: On this episode, we will be discussing the film Vampire Hunter D. Vampire Hunter D was released December 21st, 1985 in Japan. Streamline Pictures released an English dub in 1992. And Toho Sentai Filmworks released a new English dub in 2015. The IMDb synopsis states... When Doris Lang is chosen as the next bride for the vampire, Count Magnus Lee, she will hire a mysterious vampire hunter, known only as D in an attempt to escape her ill-gotten fate. The screenplay for this is based on the long-running series of light novels written by UK Kikuchi. It was one of several anime films featured in the music video for Michael and Janet Jackson's song, Scream, which I have... No clue about that. Maybe Derek does or Tony because they're like Michael Jackson people. Maybe we'll find out later. I don't know. But uh, Tony, I'm gonna go to you first. Like have you ever seen this before? Like, do you have any history with Vampire Hunter D?
0: Yeah, actually, I I, I do. This was in a, a a series of various acquisitions, I guess, from Sci-fi network. They got like this robot Carnival. Project ACO, A series of movies basically Or or one shot that they Released as part of like anime Abandon I think Or I think that's what it's called on Sci-Fi Network Next on the Sci-Fi Channel It's a dramatic form of animation Subject and material may be Graphic and provocative at times It's a stark place And a desperate time a brave young girl and a hunter for hire. <laughs> now you die. It's a fierce battle. For her life. Don't leave me! His name. And a world ravaged by mutants and demons. Vampire Hunter D, Next. And they would just air these, you know, like in a in a marathon. And this is where I first saw it. I didn't see it in its complete form, which I I, I just saw today. <laughs> Wasn't aware that there was nudity in it. Uh, they actually did keep the gore, which is interesting because I guess again, America killing people is fine, but you know, titties and butts are not cool. But no, it was it was it was very very gory, and also like at the time in the early nineties. Like, this was, like, in the time where goth and, like, emo style was just becoming very popular. So, I, I think a lot of this kind of seeped into the culture as far as, like, you know, like, western, like, emo goth stuff. Because he had a big hat, yeah, trench coat, cool katana. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> you know, how a lot of people think how like you know emo badasses are i i, I think like vampire under D may not have started it but they definitely popularized it so like yeah it, it's funny how when i was in my early like god I not even 20s like late teen years this was like you know one of the animes that we we're like oh shit this is so rad you know it, it's like one of those things it's like like, oh, man, this is so bloody and cool. It was like Ninja Scroll or, or you know, one of those kind of things where it's like, oh, this is badass. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm I, very familiar with it. I, I'm not as familiar with the lore, but as far as, like, seeing this when I was younger, yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, in the, the late 80s, early 90s, there was, like, a sudden, I don't know, resurgence of interest in vampire stuff. And you always heard, like, rumors about, like, weird underground vampire clubs in New York and L.A., and there was even a segment about it on Unsolved Mysteries because there there was some kind of reporter who was investigating one of these clubs, and she was, like, you know, interviewing people and trying to find out if these people – were they crazy? Were they actually drinking blood? Were they just, like, you know, want to be cool kids, just, you know, playing it up and having fun? And she ended up, like, disappearing, like, not long after it. Her disappearance had nothing to do with the vampire club, it turns out, but they just kind of, you know, they're like, oh, we can kind of spin this into a story and make it, like, about vampires, and, you know, we don't know what happened to her, so it's, you know, it qualifies as an unsolved mystery, and uh, there's an episode of uh, X-Files around the same time period, it's about, you know, Mulder, I think he goes to a vampire club, and he may or may not, like, be banging this vampire chick or something, like, I haven't seen that episode in a long time, but anyway, long story short, there was like weird, you know, underground so-called vampire clubs and a renewed interest in vampire stuff. Not, It wasn't as like a big surge of interest like when all the Twilight stuff came out, but it, it was definitely there. What about you, Derek? Like you have a history with this film, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. I, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what you said. I mean, don't forget, like, Interview with a Vampire was released as a movie like a little mm. bit before this, and yeah. there was all that kind of Anne Rice fandom that was going on at the time. I know my mom loved all those books before they were ever movies, so I, I had some inkling, you know, when Innovation released, you know, Vampire Lestat comics and all that kind of stuff. So there, I, I can see what you're saying because, like, even in Even in stuff like comic books, like maybe you know, Tomb of Dracula wasn't currently being published, but then they had those revival miniseries in the '90s. You know, like I think all those things. You know, you know, it's hard for me to say like what came first, but certainly, like you're saying, there was that trickle down effect where you know whatever it was that kicked it off, you know, like certainly established itself and then and then sort of peripherated into. You know the popular consciousness or whatever. So whether you want to say, oh yeah, they brought back, you know, Tomb of Dracula for a four-issue miniseries, or they they have interview with the vampire comics and novels, and then they make a feature film out of it and everything like that. You know, th- this this kind of came out in the the days where I was fairly dismissive of anime. You know what I mean? Like like that, it, it just, you know, I, I, my, my vague recollection is I knew of this movie's existence. Somebody probably tried to show it to me, like I tell those stories about the Giver, and I probably saw like bits and pieces of it here and there. And then I, I think the most distinct history I have with it is When I was in L.A., you know, I I got to see a lot of anime movies like Premiere or, you know, see them in the theaters or whatever. And so when Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust came out, I think in what, like 2000 or 2002? I forget whenever that came out. But like around that that time frame when that was uh, released, you know, that was showing theatrically. So I, I think at that point I probably was renting lots of anime videos you know wh- whatever it was you know gundam and this and that and the other thing and so i i know for sure i went and saw bloodlust in the theater and then i think i went back and rewatched like the ova k- kind of the-, the moment tony's having like the instead of you know I- except for me i think it was more like clips like maybe i would have caught a few minutes on sci-fi and maybe uh you know uh uh, uh, one of my friends in high school that was like trying to show me the guyver would be like hey dude you gotta watch this and he'd show me a few minutes of it before we had to you know go to school or something like that and so that would probably be the first time you know somewhere around 2000 that i ever saw the ova in its entirety outside of those two films uh i had very limited experience this is and and so I kind of I I mean I didn't do a deep dive but for tonight I I mean because I I knew we were going to talk about this a long time ago I bought the what is it not the 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 streamlines the old one what's the new one the Sentai like the 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 yeah the, yeah the Sentai Blu-ray was on sale like uh, probably like I don't know you know, pulling back the veil, I don't know, three, five years back. I don't, I don't remember when I, when I did a, a sale last at Sentai Filmworks or whatever, but, uh, I, you know, there was, there was some sale going on and I bought a bunch of different anime Blu-rays for fun. And, and some of the reason why I bought some of them was because I knew, you know, Justin wanted to talk about certain anime and everything. So that was one of the ones, I think it was like $7.99, you know, something really cheap. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll grab that, you know. And so, one, I have to thank you because I cracked open the plastic on that after three or five years or whatever it is, and, and plugged it in and everything. The Blu-ray looks really, really nice. It's it's really, really cool. Like I I feel like the people that were watching it on Sci-Fi or those old VHS tapes of the Streamline dub like would always complain about how dark everything looked in this, and I don't think the blu-ray you know like now we're in this hd era where you you don't have that problem at all but what i will say is man uh, talk about fucking pokemon seizures i thought those grass those those grass stalks in the beginning like i thought i was gonna die of a seizure watching the grass stalks like on the blu-ray because of how high def it was i was like enough with the grass stalks like it's freaking me out dude
1: and then towards the end of the film, there was like a lot of like strobing and I was like, mm-hmm. ah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. There's there, it, it's funny how like I, I think I, I, part of me tends to think of that as like myth and hearsay, even though it actually happened to like children, you know, like that, like the, the Pokemon episode that, you know, caused all those seizures like actually happened. But like you you kind of think of it, you know, I don't know, maybe to to I don't know blot out the severity of what happened you know you kind of think of it as oh hearsay. like e- even if I saw that episode it wouldn't give me a seizure or whatever but then like you're sitting there kind of looking at some of this stuff and I was like oh man those um those grass stalks and everything like were freaking me out I I, I guess I, I I you know I know this is more of an introductory like what did you what did you think? Like, what's your first experience with it? And so, I, I pretty much, like I said, you know, uh, up until tonight, I, or you know, for, in preparation for tonight, I did kind of a deep dive where I watched the, you know, I rewatched the Streamline dub. I, uh, I watched it for the first time in the original Japanese. I had never done that before since I had the Blu-ray, and I watched the 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 Sentai dub as well. And then um, I, I didn't do a whole lot of reading, but it, you know, I did. I did peruse the light novel, the the first light novel that this is based on, and I uh, I read the first manga from I think 2007. That's like, I I think it's more of a strict adaptation of the light novel than it is of this OVA. But the the basic plot points. For the the first light novel, the the 2007 manga, and this OVA are all, you know, uniform basically. I mean, some of the things are out of sequence. There's there's certain differences, and maybe we can talk about those later. But for the most part, it it, it follows the, you know, the the structure and plot fairly. They're fairly similar across all three. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I I, I guess I guess when I saw it back when I was you know like. I I think I was just I was fascinated with the aspect in 2000 that I could I could watch all these movies theatrically because it was never something that was available in my youth and I was I was getting into it in my 20s so I, I I wanted to take advantage of that but having said all that like I can't say that I I mean I get the importance of Vampire Hunter D. And, and I understand, like, that that because of some of the stuff that Tony shared, that it was something that aired on, on sci-fi, that people have certain nostalgic memories of it and everything like that. I, I guess I maybe share some of those based on the, the bloodlust, you know, that I can say, like, oh, I kind of get nostalgic about, oh, when I used to be able to go watch, you know, a bunch of anime movies in, in L.A., and that wasn't something you could do very often. But sort of outside of that, like... I I don't know that this particular property was something that super resonated with me. And, and, and I guess I think that might be something interesting to talk about, but, but just for quick kind of thoughts or whatever, like that's, that's kind of my history with it. And that's kind of like a brief version of how it sort of impacted
0: me. I I will say that the scene you're talking about with the the seizure flash, even if you don't have like that propensity to have a seizure with bright lights i saw this again like I said after many years and i'm like oh yeah that would make you have a seizure if you were seizure prone it was like i even like me i was like damn what the fuck
1: <laughs> so what about you mike you have no history with this until now right
3: like I, I had heard of Vampire Hunter D, like you know, you know, when I was getting into anime, like back in the early two thousands too. Yeah, that was like on the list of like, oh, these are things you have to watch, right? And like somehow, like it just never came up. Like Vampire Hunter D was just, I don't know. So I think maybe my friend had a copy of it, or like you know, saw taped it off Sci-Fi or something. But I just something I never ended up watching. And, yeah, this week was, like, the first time I watched it, and I I decided, like, I found all the versions, ironically enough, are on YouTube, less than legally. I I decided to watch the Sentai dub first, because people, like, I was looking at reviews, and people said, oh, the Sentai dub is really more accurate to the original Japanese than, like, the streamlined dub. And, like, you know, I could have watched it in original Japanese, but I was lazy, so I just watched, like, the Sentai dub and, like, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Like, And in, in this movie itself, like, I, I can see, I'm surprised at how many things, like, I was already familiar with that this movie undoubtedly, like, influenced. This might have been, if I had watched it back when it, like, you know, was first out in the U.S., you know, the first time I would have encountered a, like heroic sort of vampire but like i i think like you know i i saw you know stuff with blade and stuff with like angel and like all, so all stuff like that before this but this like kind of predates those like i i was kind of interested because i was like when did this come out does this predate like you know blade and stuff and it it doesn't predate blade but it it does predate blade being like a like a, a dampier, like a you know yeah. a day walker yeah. whatever so like you know and you got that like concept which like you know originated sort of here in terms of you know notable sci-fi things and then you've got like the whole concept of him like, you know, all the girls want him, but he can't really like indulge himself or else he'll like kind of, you know, lose himself. And that's kind of like a huge part of like Angel and stuff. So like, you know, that's that's a concept that they no doubt were somewhat influenced by this side figure. Like, although they'll, you know, they'll never back then they'd never admit it or whatever. They'd be like, oh, this is a totally original idea or whatever. So but yeah, like I, this was very interesting to me. Like I thought, you know, I in the same vein of when, you know, I watched that, you know, Fist of the North Star movie and stuff, I was kind of like, oh, this is something that like kind of passed me by. And I'm, I'm glad you guys gave me the chance to, you know, like like re-experience re-ex- it for the first time and maybe not in the same context I would have experienced it. But I was like, oh, you know what? I probably would have liked this if I had seen it when I was like sixteen or seventeen, and like, yeah, like I I, I had a good time like watching this, and like I've, I've got other th- thoughts, but th- that's my sort of history with Vampire Hunter D, which started this week basically.
0: <laughs> I have my horrible theory at the end that's like going to either piss Justin off or he's going to love it, but we'll we'll wait till we get to the end. So.
1: As for myself, my my background is kind of like Tony's. Like, I watched this for the very first time on Sci-Fi Channel in the early 90s, and I was probably, I don't know, 11 or 12, thereabouts. And Sci-Fi Channel was kind of a nice little gateway for me for anime movies because a lot of those films Tony mentioned I watched, and I think the biggest two for me were this film and Akira. Like, those, those two films, like, they just blew my mind. I was like, I didn't know animation could... Be like this, like be so serious and and beautiful, and also horribly graphic and violent and titillating. I was like, man, this is like something I never experienced before. And then in high school, a buddy of mine, like we were both huge in the anime, and this was like you know the you know that that point in time where like Dragon Ball Z was going through the Cell Saga, and we had Gundam Wing and all that stuff, like we just sat down one night and we watched a bunch of anime films and this is one of those films and I hadn't seen it in quite a long time. And I was like, man, this is still really great. And then in around 2007, I bought this film and the second film on DVD and sat down and watched them. And I was like, man, this is still like a really great movie. And, you know, I watched it uh, yesterday for the first time, you know, since 2007, I was kind of worried. I was like, Oh no, I've, I, I haven't watched this in a long time. I hope it still holds up, and I still think it's great. Kind of like Derek, it like it looks beautiful, like, fully restored and everything. It looks great. Stuff I noticed this time around, it's like, I mean, you guys know me, like, I love to read books and stuff. Like, having read, like, so many more books and been exposed to more authors and stuff now, like, I see elements of, like, Michael Moorcock's character, Elric of Milnebone, they seem kind of similar, because... Elric's not a vampire, but he's kind of this pale skinned. He's kind of drawn like a vampire on some on some of the covers for the books. So you might like if you're mistaken for a vampire, you wouldn't be, you know, like you'd be like, oh well, I can see how you make that mistake, but you know, he's not a vampire. And he also has like this huge sword. Like he doesn't have like a hand that talks to him, but like his sword, Stormbringer, is like it's like cursed and it's like his greatest asset. And it's also like his biggest weakness. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but like rewatching this now, I'm like, Oh, I see a lot of like, you know, Michael Moorcock, Elric of Melnabone, like influencing in this. And I kind of wonder if that's the case or if it's just, you know, happenstance, you know, it's just that trope of like, you know, this, the stoic, uh, seemingly, emotionless you know cold hero wandering from place to place getting into adventures solving problems dealing with you know fantastic creatures and all this stuff but i i know, in the back of my mind now i'm just like i wonder if that was an influence of this but um, i don't know i couldn't find anything about that like definite on the internet you know um, what
2: you know what struck me since you're talking about things you noticed in terms of Influence, like not kind of what Mike is saying, like that that Vampire Hunter D influenced tropes in the future, but but having enough life experience and and maybe, you know, reading and, and entertainment experience to sort of see parallels to things that you would never have noticed before. Like what struck me this time watching it was I, I felt like like I, I just sat there and was like, oh, my God, he's a vampire Solomon Kane. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like like yeah, I I, I had I had never really thought of it that way, but I'm like, oh, he's a loner, he's he's got his little cloak, he's got his little funny looking Puritan hat. You know what I mean? Like, not really, yeah. but but kind of, right? Like yeah. and I, I was sitting there kind of thinking to myself, like, oh my god, he's he's like a vampire Solomon Kane. And then and then there are these like moments like where he's storming the uh the count's castle and he he, he kind of wraps his cloak around his face, kind of like Bella Lugosi but the way I took it because he has the hat and the whole getup I was like oh and he's kind of like the fucking shadow too you know what I mean like 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 Mm -hmm. just for like brief brief glints and moments it's like it it just reminded me of characters like that and I think uh to to kind of go back to something I said is when I was probably exposed to vampire hunter d in the 90s i probably would have also not responded as um i i would not have been as interested i i think i know that about myself i probably wouldn't have been as interested in solomon kane and the shadow in 1990 whatever it is right but 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 kind of getting into certain aspects of those characters in later life and and appreciating certain aspects of those characters it's like that kind of led me to kind of you know appreciate certain aspects of this as well and kind of go oh damn like I I, I sort of get it you know what I mean like that that there there are certain you know not that they were necessarily either of those characters were vampires but there's something obviously mysterious about them there's 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 a supernatural element and a fantasy element and you guys know me i don't tend to lean that way so i think again that's probably why this didn't you know this did not stick with me per se right like it it didn't become part of my official lexicon or anything but i can i can sort of look past that and kind of look at this now and go oh yeah i I get it i get why people would be into this i get why that was part of the, the the zeitgeist in the eras in which it was released
0: well, I, I think one thing that's actually for me, I see the man with no name from Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. He, he comes into town with a poncho, a big ass hat, on a horse, and he takes care of business. You don't talk a lot. D does talk more than the man with no name. But like that, I, I kind of got almost like a spaghetti Western vibe from this because. You can't fucking kill the guy, <laughs> you know. He's he's almost fucking you know immortal, and yeah, I mean I understand he's a vampire stuff, but like that's how would came off with in that persona, you know. It's like he's just this super badass, and and, and also when I rewatched this, there's a a couple things that kind of hit me, like the the castle looked like almost like the Voltron castle with a huge ass bridge. That came down i don't know why that is you you know just sorry
2: i i I just just because this is a good time to mention it you 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 saw like the voltron castle and i I don't know if justin will get my back on this but when i watched this i was like oh holy shit that's the fucking dark crystal like they totally they totally Mm. ripped off the dark crystal like and, and, and that's all i could think of when when I saw those shots, you know, and it, and and, and, the
0: far away shot. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, far away shot, yeah.
2: I'll give you that. Yeah. 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 Like it, it totally reminded me of the dark crystal and, and like, I, I kind of find it fascinating. Like, like, I, I, mean, at some point we probably need to talk about Yoshitaka Amano because he's the, the artist who did all the sort of art in the light novels and did the covers. And, and basically you could point to as like, you know, sort of design some of the visual looks for the characters, right? And like, I'm fairly familiar with with him as an artist because of like the Sandman connection and 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 some of the work. You know, he, he occasionally you'll see like he does like you know Superman pinups for DC and things like that. So
0: did he I do mean, some I'm... Final Fantasy uh, cover Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, that's yeah, why I do
2: him. yeah. so so we, I mean, he's famous for a lot of different things, but that that's something I find interesting because i I feel like Dee's look seems fairly consistent throughout the various interpretations. But then I did find like, you know, reading the manga, it seems like they 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 went in one direction. And then, you know, I, I guess if you're talking about um, uh, Doris, you know, like she, she seems to look different in all the ver, you know what I mean? Like there, there. I, I mean, I've got litany of notes on Doris, but, but just, just to talk about, you know, kind of, you know, th- those things that we're seeing. Like there's, there's a lot of differences in, in how those character designs look and everything. And I, I didn't mean to distract from what, what Tony was saying, but I, I just wanted to get that out there that I thought the, the castle looked totally like the, the Dark Crystal.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, no, no. I mean yeah, I mean like it, it is a. Uh, uh a representation, and, like, you know, like, maybe we we see different things, we see a little different hints. Mike, you better fucking love me, because I'm about to throw you a segue. There is a character (laughs) in this series who uh, has a very, uh, very distinctive design, and it is, uh, I guess, would you call it D's, like, best friend, or his Greatest enemy as far as traveling around the world, you know.
3: Yeah, I was, I was. Gonna, if we're we're gonna talk about left hand, it's like that's something I didn't know about. So that's something like if you don't know about it, you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like at first, I was like, wait, is his sword talking to him? Like, wait, what's what's going on here? And then finally he takes his glove off and there's a little face on his hand. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and then, (laughs) then I was like, Oh, is that the voice? Like, it took me a while to pin down what voice was talking to him. And I guess, you know, it's an anime thing. Like you just kind of are expected to know these things sometimes, but I didn't. So I was like, wait, why does he have a little face on his hand? And like, is that what's talking to him? And then like, once I got the connection and I was like, Oh, okay, that's cool. And then like, you know, when, when, you know, D's been stabbed through the heart and like left hand is the only one awake. And he's like, dude, wake up. Like, you know, wake up, man. Like, I'm like, wait, what, what, what is their relationship here? Like, I like, I and I had to like pause the movie and like, actually like look up, like, what the fuck is that left hand? Like, because the movie doesn't really explain it. Like, and it's like, oh, there's some kind of demon, like symbiote, like trapped in his like left hand or whatever. And I was like, Oh, okay. So once, once I had that knowledge, I was like, Oh, okay, good. Now, now I understand. Like, but I don't think the movie does a good job of like establishing that. Like, you know, with I, your, I,
2: I don't, with I hate. don't think the novel does it either. Like, it, it's funny to me though. Cause th- when you said, Oh, I looked it up on the internet and I had a better understanding of it. Like, I think I was kind of like, let me look this up. Cause I see people complaining about, you know, I think, I think I watched, you know, in preparation for this, one of the other things I watched was an old anime abandoned review from Bennett the Sage, because he was doing a review on it, and he cracks all these jokes about the hand, and he keeps going back to it. You know, it's something he couldn't get past, right? He's like, what? What is that? And he just keeps cracking jokes about it. And he's like, and they never explain it. And part of me wanted to defend the, you know, because I'm like, oh, well, it's the first light novel. You know, they, they, they have apparently... 40 of these novels like there's there's a lot of vampire d light novels and i'm like sitting there going oh well they must they must eventually explain it in these 40 novels and as i'm like looking at like the different wiki entries and all this other stuff i'm kind of like it's it basically it's tantamount to and they never explain like how this happens you know and i'm just kind of like there's 40 fucking novels and they never you know it's like I feel like, uh, fucking Ricardo Montalban, you never, you mean, you never told the story to amuse your captain, like, <laughs> of the fucking thing on the left hand, you know, like, like, what? Like, really? Like, seriously? One, see is that a,
3: oh, I was gonna just ask... Is that, like, because I was was thinking, like, once he did, like, the, you know, he sucked in all the spiders and stuff, I was thinking of, like, Moroku from Inuyasha and stuff. And is that some kind of, like, Japanese, like, mythology thing of, like, I was like, well, that's way way too, like, coincidental to be a, a, that's way too similar to be a coincidence. Like, is that some kind of, you know, like, sort of like Sun Wukong or something, like, some mythology source they took that concept from yeah like a a demon in someone's hand that sucks things in or
2: i can't answer your question i don't know i don't even know if i'm gonna bother to look it up but i i guess what i will take from that is it's interesting because i always feel like there's certain aspects and and i think it's interesting in this i'll just use it as an opportunity to talk about it but there's there's things in this that are have what I guess I'll call Evangelion syndrome, where there, the, the the cross that Doris wears in the Japanese language version and in that Sentai dub that is much more uh, strict to the original, uh, I guess translation. I guess we'll say like uh. it's a prop. It's it's not. <laughs> it, it it's a prop. It's it's not um, there's no there's no legitimate religious connection to it. Right. It's just it's it's just something that looks cool. But if you if you listen to the streamlined dub, which I thought was, you know, I mean, I I think there's people that have the sentimentality. And they,
0: they, they say like garlic and bullets and shit don't work.
2: Yeah. Well, and and in, in the streamlined dub, there's people that have like sentimentality towards it and all that kind of stuff. Kind of like I have sentimentality towards the Akira streamlined dub or whatever. And and I don't. I'm yeah, not it's good. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is I don't necessarily have that sentimentality. But what I thought was was fascinating about that was a Western adaptation, a Western dub done back in you know 1992 or whenever it was done, like picked up on that this person was wearing a cross. So not only it wasn't just a a trinket to keep fucking vampires away. Like they took it as Dan and Doris were of the faith. And that's why it's, it's super obvious and super like in your face, but that's why as opposed to the, the Sentai dub where none of this comes up in, in the streamlined dub, it's like every five minutes, she's like, Oh my God, good God, the horse was bitten. Oh, praise God. And like, and they, they say that and, and, um, you know, hopefully I'm not, uh, you know, exaggerating, but I, but I think that's basically what a lot of the opening is like. And for me, I found that fascinating because I was like, if you read like some of the wiki stuff, they're like, Oh, that doesn't really make sense because this is in the far flung future and, The the vampires have been ruling all these, you know, tribal lands or whatever it is, and they've eradicated the notion of Christianity or Catholicism or or what have you. But to me, I I just found that interesting because, you know, the the dub people didn't have all that context, right? They just kind of went with what they saw in front of them and what they saw in front of them was a a young girl and, and a little kid that wore crosses. So clearly they must be. Of the faith, right? And and like I I don't know why, but I just I, I sort of found that you know fascinating that they took it, it, somebody that understood what the cross meant more than the Japanese people that created this added an extra layer to it where it to me it made a little more sense coming from a Western uh, Catholic background that 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 had additional weight to it aside from just being like you know I don't know the bell the jar and the fucking you know, whistle or whatever from Justice League. You know, like it's it's not just some it's not just a fucking cosmic cube or some some rinky dink thing that like helps somebody out in a pinch. Like it's it's also it's also an item of of religious faith. And there's like lines that that Vampire Hunter D has to the kid Dan in the streamline dub where he's like, you know, you I, I know we were making fun of it, you know, men don't cry, Danny. You know, like like that whole scene, like in that in the streamlined dub, he brings up, he's like, have faith, Dan, you know, like, like you can wipe away your tears and you can cry if you need to, but have faith and smile. So your sister can smile. And they, they, they took that in a, to me, I thought was like a unique direction to take it. Right. Because I, I I sort of found that fascinating.
1: When uh, Christian missionaries uh, first arrived in Japan you know, they started to you know, spread the gospel. And the Japanese at first, they were like, okay, this Jesus guy sounds all right. We'll add him to our pantheon and we'll worship him with all our other gods. And the missionaries were like, no, 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 you you can't do that. Like, you if you're into this, like, it's just, you know, there's just one God you worship. And they were like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to add him to our like collection of gods that we worship and honor. And over time, I mean, there is a kind of christian streak in japan you know you see the traditional like japanese weddings and you also see kind of like uh, what we know over here of like a a church wedding Mm -hmm. you kind of see both of those but uh what you're saying like the motif of the cross being used like you see that all the time in like tokusatsu like you see like common writers or other characters getting crucified or you'll see like an ultraman like you'll see like Mm -hmm. all of the ultra brothers at that point like the five or six like first show of ultras, like they're all crucified and there's nothing there's no religious overtone to it like to the japanese it's just a really cool i mean i know that sounds weird to say like yeah, suffocation no, no, is cool
2: that that's what that's what i that's what i refer to as Evangelion syndrome yeah. it's it's just a, a, a imagery an image, that looks yeah. cool like and 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 yeah i i totally get it because because the people that made that streamlined dub don't come from that background. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't just put a cross up because it looks cool. Like, there's, there's other meaning to it. But I, I I just, to me, I found it fascinating that they were able to, it, it, just because the source material had a cross that was cool for the sake of being cool, I just found it, like, fascinating that they could they could still subtly kind of infuse that extra meaning to it without it, you know, taking away from from the the actual OVA or whatever, you know, like I, I just thought that was kind of like, oh, okay. Like that's that's kind of neat because it's like there's there's a certain belief system that you're led to believe that though that family has, you know?
1: Like if, if Rita Repulsa had like, I don't know, crucified the Green Ranger and it made it over here, like I can see parents being like, oh my oh, yeah. gosh, like yeah. we can't have this. But in Japan it's like the writers of ultraman ace are like what could we do i know like we'll have the bad guy like crucify all the ultra brothers and they'll just be like in this graveyard void of like smoke and it'll be depressing and the audience will be like how's ultraman gonna get out of this he's been right. crucified what do you guys think about the character of d because as much as i like this film like in my you know teens twenties or whatever like I remember thinking like there wasn't a whole lot to the character of D. Like he seemed kind of passive in his own story. But like rewatching it now, I I, I appreciate some of the subtleties and nuances of the character. Like he, he comes into town, as Tony said, kind of like the man with no name. He, he's dark and mysterious. He doesn't say a whole lot. He's stoic, cool, calm, and collected. But then you have that scene early on, as we referred to a couple of times, where he's kind of telling, you know, Dan, like, you know, don't let your sister see you cry. Like, you have to support her. Like, you have to be – it's kind of that Japanese Showa thing of, like, be a strong man, Mm -hmm. and then don't cry Mm -hmm. and be strong. And then you also see him even kind of being kind to his enemies, like the Countess Lee, who's just, like, out to get him, and she's out to, you know – kill Doris and everything, and he's kind of like even being kind to her, and he lets um uh crap.
0: He, he actually, actually, to this point, he doesn't want to go full throttle with the Siren Sisters, and yeah, he ch- he's he just seems like, to- I have to kill you. I have to fucking kill you. Yeah, you know, because you're not going to let me go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then he fights that, uh, I think the guy's name was Greco. Like, he fights him a couple times and, you know, he stabs him and he cuts off his arm. But it, it seems like he's, like, not really wanting to kill him. And then the scene that I really like is when Doris, like, gets out the shower and she's all like, you know, take me, D. And he, like, he goes all vampire. Like, you know, he sees face transformed. His fangs come out for the first time and just like... Oh, like, like, what's he going to do? Like, is he going to go for it? Is he going to bite her? and Vampire <laughs> sexy time. Yeah, no, but no, yeah, yeah. And th-
2: that's a, that's a tough scene, right? Because she's like, it's, and she knows, you know, yeah. like, she's like, she's like, uh, go she's ahead. She's ta- herself. Take yep. me, you know, and, and it, like, that's, I mean, it, it's one thing when you're like, oh, the person doesn't know that you're wrestling with some kind of decision right like to to do or not to do this this thing right and and you're you're having this internal conflict right that's one thing but it's another thing when you're in the middle of an eternal conflict and somebody's like yeah it's fine go ahead you can do it <laughs> you know and you're yeah. just like oh okay and and so, i mean sometimes I, I have to admit you know i've been in those scenarios before and i'm like okay <laughs> like 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 i, I mean you know I, i've been in that scenario where i was like Okay, let's do as, it. As far, you know. as, as, far, as far as 2022,
0: she gives him full consent and mm. he's like, "Nah, I'm good. I shouldn't."
3: That's really the part that like, reminded me of like Angel basically. Right, right. See, like, like, you know, he can't do it because he'll he knows he'll like, you know, flip the switch and like, you know, not maybe not come back from that. So,
1: I I know this isn't an influence on this film, but like I see, I look at that scene and you know, having been exposed to other media like i see like barnabas collins who was kind of like the first reluctant vampire where he's like he's constantly tempted by like all these like crazy soap opera ladies who are like you know take me barnabas sometimes he gives in and he takes them and sometimes like he manages to resist because he's like you know the blood and you know the romance of it like sometimes he gives into it and sometimes he's able to resist it so i kind of seeing that scene now I'm like, ooh, that's a little bit of Barnabas. And I I'm I'm sure like no one that like worked on this film in Japan like saw dark shadows. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of doubt that was an influence.
2: I, I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff to unpack and I could go into a bunch of different tangents, but but how do I feel about like D as as a character? Like, mm-hmm. I mean I get what you guys are saying. Like he's kind of stoic or whatever, but then I, I like the aspect that you guys have all pointed out that 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 he's layered, right? Like he's yeah. not just he's not just there to be a badass. He's not just there to you know. There's there's layers to it, and what what I liked about it is, like the the Countess that you mentioned. Like the, the, what's interesting about that is they, in the light novel, and I, I I'm I'm just extrapolating because my my understanding of it is the the manga I read in 2007 is extremely faithful to the light novel. And I feel like one aspect in the OVA that doesn't quite come across. I mean, it it sort of comes across, but not quite as strongly as in the light novel is that the countess is kind of like, kind of like aura from flash Gordon. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that, Mm -hmm. that the, the count is Ming and, and she's, it, uh, even oh, though,
0: oh, she's even, like spoiled, but not totally bad. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, she she's spoiled. She's not totally bad, and and you might not have gotten it from this OVA, but I think in the light novel and the the manga, especially, like she's slightly into like like we've been joking about. She's into the D. Do you know what I mean? And and it's like it's like there's that aspect where she has these moments where you y- you know how in this um and and the guy was not Greco. Greco's the the guy that's um. Trying to the mayor's son that's trying to hit up Doris, but the the guy you were thinking of, Justin, um, is uh, oh Ray, yeah the yeah the, sorry yeah Ray Ginsay or whatever like and and, and and
0: and and actually um just to cut you off for a moment we have to talk about Greco because he fucking sucks but go
2: ahead we we do we do but, but but that's why I said this could lead into all kinds of crazy tangents or whatever but but the way they play with Ray Ginsei, like. It's almost like he in the OVA fills some of that role that D like it, it's kind of like in the light novel in the manga, Dee comes in, introduces himself. And it's almost like they try to do a, you know a Flash Gordon, you know, Ra's Al Ghul ghoul thing, like you know, detective come come join our family. You know, like, 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 you can marry my daughter type thing. And, and the countess is into it, right? She's like, yeah, like, let, 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 let's get hooked up. Like, let's get married. Like, this, this will work. This will be fine. You know, like, like, you're, you're part, you know, vampire. Like, we can, we can make this work or whatever. Whereas I think in the, the OVA, it's more like Reagan says, like, oh, can I can I join the family? And she's like, oh, you're not a pure blood, like, <laughs> like get away from me, you know, go 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 simp somewhere else or whatever, you know. And and, and she's like, kind of like, a, <laughs> they 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 human shame him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or mut- mutant shame him. I guess he's a mutant or whatever. But the and 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 like, the, but but I guess for for D, like that 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 shows like different layers. Like he he doesn't want to. You know, like, he he not only saves her life multiple times, but, like, uh, you know, it's like he allows her to kind of leave. And, like, th- there's that point where they're in the wagon, and it's like, oh, they're not going to kill her. Like, they're going to let her kind of go off and live her life or whatever. And even at the end, it's 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 this weird moment where it's like he's trying to reach out and be like, hey, you can still, you can have a half-vampire, half-human life. Like, you could live like me if you want. And and she's still just too stuck up to do it, I guess. Do you know what I mean? And she'd rather like perish in the the, the the castle fall or whatever. But but there's that aspect where he's he's reaching out to her. And and I feel like we sort of need to talk about this. And I don't know that I completely understand it. I think it almost is just as significant as the the cross stuff, the evangelion syndrome that that the Japanese don't quite understand dracula do you know like dracula is just some cool thing like 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 sort of like i i kind of feel that way too where and i don't know too much about this so i'm i'm kind of gonna rely more on maybe mike or justin's expertise hell maybe even tony i don't i don't know but like i feel like i need to talk about castlevania like like Alucard, you know, like like that uh-huh. the, the the commonalities between <laughs> him and and D and this whole like and I'm trying to remember like I know Alucard's an anagram. i, 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 for... I
0: was gonna sit back and let you do this because I think Justin and Mike are gonna go first, so I'll just sit back.
2: <laughs> yeah, so so I mean I think I think Alucard's an ana you know I know Alucard's an anagram for Dracula and 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 the whole sort of like. You know, da, da 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 the whole like, you know, uh surprise motherfucker, like D stands for Dracula. You know, like that's that's kind of supposed to be the part of the aspect of the mystery, like that he's this, you know, sacred ancestor or whatever. And and but then you start thinking about it, and it's like, well, is the sacred ancestor is Dracula and he's Dracula's half human, half vampire son? Like that's that's what's going on here. And then and then you know, they're trying to say, like, well, the sacred ancestor loved human beings. And I'm kind of like, well, that doesn't fucking sound like Dracula. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, I I don't know, un- unless you're trying to say, like, he loved Mina, like, like, and that means he loved, you know, humans or so. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, it's just one of those things where if, if, if I was trying to have, like, my my continuity brain make it work and I'm sitting there thinking of, like, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula and kind of, you know, like going like, well, wait. You know, he, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula had a kid, and that kid was Vampire Hunter D. Like, really? Like what? Like you know? And so, like that that kind of aspect, I, I I find fascinating, but but kind of head splitting, I guess. And I, I I just and again, like I said, I'm not a Castlevania expert by any means, but I feel like there's at, at the bare minimum there's there's strong similarities because it's a game of Japanese origin that that implies a connection to Dracula where I I feel like it's, you know, it's almost like that implied connection of project Aiko, you know, like, Oh yeah, it's a Superman and wonder woman's daughter with fucking red hair, you know? And you're just like, what, but okay. Like, all right. I'm just, I, I guess you just have to fucking go along with it. You know?
3: I think like there, there are like, you know, certain portrayals of Dracula, like where, You know, he's an aristocrat. Like, there's a certain inherent nobility to him. And maybe Mm -hmm. over the years, that kind of you know maybe you can say that like and i mean dracula has been portrayed in a wide variety of ways so i mean it seems like d even says like oh it's it's ironic that you guys like like you know deify and revere the the you know the honored ancestor or whatever but you you your views on humanity and whatever are like almost opposite of what his were or what he preached or whatever so, like, I don't know, maybe in, like, obviously, like, D met Dracula at some point or, you know, was a lot closer to him than they were. And, like, it, it, maybe that Dracula had some kind of, like, you know, nobility or at least some kind of desire to see, you know, let humanity exist alongside, like, vampires or whatever. Like, yeah. so... I, I just, I, I assume since Dracula was such a wide, you know, like I said, there are so many portrayals of him, like this, this particular Dracula might have been some kind of like, you know, a noble kind of guy in some way, or at least anti-hero, I guess. I, I mean, it
2: almost seemed so extreme as to be like, I mean, I, I, I know we were talking about it before, but it, it almost seemed like this version of Dracula was how actual Christians and Catholics look at, Jesus, Do you know what I mean? Like, like that—that that there was something, I don't know, spiritual. Like, I mean, that's what i, I forget. Isn't that what they call him, the spiritual ancestor or the sacred ancestor yeah. or whatever? Uh-huh. Like, I mean, I mean, it's like that's. Uh, it, there, there was something about the way they all talked about him, and it's like it's like if I look at certain versions of Dracula, whatever they are throughout the years, like I, I feel like either a, I have to do a lot of backflipping to make that work, or. I think of like, you know, what was the, I'm trying to remember, Justin, what was that? Wasn't it just Dracula? The, the one, the, the, the recent universal movie where he, he was kind of like a good guy almost, you know, like, like, like that, that would oh, be the version. Dracula Untold. Yeah. Dracula Untold. Like, like that would be the version I would, I, I could most think mm. could be like Vampire Hunter D's dad. Do you know what I mean? Like, like as opposed to like, I don't know. Bella Lugosi or fucking Marv Wolfman and Gene Cullen's Dracula like those guys I was like I don't know what those guys liked humanity all that but you know what I mean like like whereas I was like the other guy I I get why he did what he had to do and 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 there there there, there was that uh, I don't know if nobility is the right word but there was that aspect of trying to to protect your country and and and, and save your nation and all that kind of... you know there there were good intentions behind behind you know his his turn to quote-unquote darkness right like so but oh, um,
3: i mean yeah you look you look at like you know going back to like the buffy verse i mean you look at their version of dracula and like their version of dracula is like like vampire like almost like the vampire like mr satan or something like where he's like mm-hmm, a big mm-hmm. poser or whatever mm-hmm. and like the most famous vampire, but they all, like, think he's a big... They all, the ones in the know, think he's a big joke or whatever.
0: All right, all right, should I go ahead with my, my fucking whack-ass crazy theory?
2: You're good. By, by all means.
0: Okay, so, here's what I think. Post-apocalyptic, right? We got, you know, fucking can laser guns, everything's gone to shit. Vampires are kind of, not ruined the world, but they're, they're, they're a big-ass fucking problem. Vampire Hunter Dracula. It is Dracula. Because when the guy, like Magnus, looks at the picture, he's like, you look just like him. And it's like, you know, no no fucking, like, you know, real reaction. It's just like, you know, it's like, maybe. You know, it's like, and maybe Dracula is like, world's gone to shit. I was an asshole and a piece of shit because I kill people and I know I know he's like half half you know human half like you know Dracula but in this universe maybe that's how he always was cuz a vampire's got to come from somewhere will just fucking pop out of no fucking where so I'm I'm going with Whoa. this is vampire These- hunter Dracula that's
3: well, I mean, in this in this world, they say vampires like vampires can actually produce offspring. So I think it's more like he's like a, either Dracula's son or at least down the line
2: of Dracula. Yeah. I mean, I think. No, I mean, I, think, I mean, I, yeah,
0: I mean, I can could, could see that. I mean, I
2: can see I, that. I think the sacred ancestor actually like plays a role in some of those other light novels, even though I don't know too much about it. So, I, and I, I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay, I don't know any of those. Yeah, either, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the Sacred Ancestor is a separate uh, entity from, from D, right? Like, so there's, there's, the, but, but, but I get what you're saying. Like, like D is for Dracula, right? Like, and you're like, oh, well, he's, uh, yeah, he, he's, he, I don't think he is Dracula. I think he's, He's, he's like he's yeah, like, like
0: Bob Dracula
2: right right exactly <laughs> Steve,
0: Dracula. <laughs> Steve Dracula
2: yeah exactly well, yeah yeah Justin I was just curious do you do you have any response to some of those things that we were talking about like whether it's Castlevania or, or anything else like I, I was just curious what your take on because you you know you asked the question right like well, what do we think of D as a character and all that stuff like what is your uh, ultimate? Takeaway as as uh, of him as maybe a character or him as a symbol or or whatever.
1: The way I took it is the sacred ancestor is Dracula and D is his son. I mean whether or not he's like Alucard from, you know, Castlevania, like I could I could see that because you know the castle at the beginning, it like there's some Castlevania games where it looks pretty similar to that, so I could kind of see that being, you know, an influence or like an offshoot or know one influences the other back and forth or something like i i could see that as for like count lee and dracula like loving humanity like i don't i don't know i mean it's i want to take like the easy road out and be like oh you know the power of myth and it's been ten thousand years and i don't know maybe things changed but (laughs) wasn't there a line in there about like didn't count lee say something about like the nobility took over and when they took over like humans were just allowed to do whatever and not really have worries because they were being ruled like maybe that's maybe that's like their their loving that oh, their, loving
2: submission type yeah shit. maybe that's yeah. what they
1: were referring to it's like well we at one point we did love you because we took over and we ruled you and you guys could just like lay around and you know you didn't really have to do a whole lot except give us blood i guess like i don't yeah. know i didn't i didn't really think about that aspect of it too much
2: I I just found it interesting because I think, and maybe this will give us an opportunity to talk about Doris a little more. But like, I, I feel like Doris is the crux of that argument, right? Like, because Magnus Lee, right? He's he's the count. It's like, oh. I've been alive for you know whatever they say they, in one dub it's like ten thousand years in some other dub it's five thousand years and then I think when it comes down to it it's supposed to be like three thousand seven hundred whatever years like really but he he says I, I you know the the thing about immortality is you get fucking bored you know and he's like one of the ways that I like to spend passing the time, you know it's like the 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 Mitzup-like thing it's like oh, I was a goofball for. You know, uh, t- ten ten thousand millennia. Now I think I'll be evil for ten thousand millennia. Like I'm, I'm gonna do something different to pass the time. And and the way Count Lee passes the time is to, you know, mate with a, a human offspring. And he set his eyes on Doris, right? And that's his thing. But it seems like D takes like issue with that in and of itself, right? It's like you're gonna you're gonna mate with this woman. You're gonna drink her blood. You're gonna produce offspring and then and then if you look at how he treats the countess his daughter i mean it's the same thing right like you you mated with some woman you drank her blood that woman is obviously long dead because she's not in the picture anymore and then you don't tell your daughter that she's half human and you totally decide to do it like to totally like crush her Spirit, you know, you know what I mean. Like, like, like it's it's weird because not only not only would he take issue, it's like I I guess it'd be like you know I mean this is like a funny thing, but like okay, it's like I like hamburgers, right? But like I'm not gonna marry a fucking cow and then treat it badly, right? Like I don't know, like like I know that's stupid, but like that's kind of what I you know it's it's like that weird aspect of like there's that cruelty to people that are just you're supposedly professing to you know like if the teachings of dracula are to you know whatever if it's like this weird amazonian loving submission thing like you're talking about right like then then you y- you know to, for that to work right the the ruler has to be inherently good right and 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 then you see where that falls apart right the reason why loving submission never worked for me is that well what happens when the people in charge are scumbags and and this is the answer right like like count lee and 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 the countess like they they look you know she thinks everybody who's not a pure breed is a, a mongrel you know what i mean like like and 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 that's why You've got, uh, you know, Ray Jinsei like, desperately trying to elevate himself. I want to be a vampire so I can be with the in crowd. And they they laugh at him. They're like, wait another 50 years, asshole. Like, we, we yeah, we, we'll, we'll get back to you on that. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think D's kind of saying, like, that's not... Like, not only is that not how you're supposed to treat your subjects or whatever you're going to call them, but look at how you're treating one another. Like, look at how... He, you know, the count treats his daughter, you know what I mean? And look at how the countess treats other people, you know, like just, you know, even if she thinks, I don't know, humans are, are not worth her, her time, what about this mutant guy that's been her, presumably her bodyguard for a bunch of years? Like, why she doesn't have any respect for him? Like, what about the werewolf that's running around, you know, helping them out? Like, what, wh- why is it, you know, it's like, it's like that, that. You know, you talk about nobility and aristocracy, but then there's that element of elitism that goes into that. And it's like, if the aristocrat, yeah, you know, w- w- what is it? The thing that we were always talking about, Justin, with the uh, the Anastasia shit. Like, if the aristocrat is not, you know, looking out for the weak people, like they're not really an aristocrat. Or I, I forget how the mm. quote goes, but but that 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 whole thing of if if you're the ruler, right? Like, if you're a good king you you look after your people you don't fucking manipulate them mess with them subvert them you know uh you know uh, fucking lead them to riot you know like what whatever it is right you if you're a good king you know you you take care of your people and you don't you don't manipulate and, and all this other stuff whereas i think all these you know in in this environment that they've created right it's this you know, yet another kind of dystopian future, right? They're, they're all sort of, I don't know, you know, they're, it's something that presumably if you, you know, I mean, it's funny for me to say, but if you're following the teachings of Dracula, you know, you, you wouldn't do that, right? But, but yet here they are doing it anyway, right? Like, so anyway.
3: Speaking of Doris, and, like, um, th- another thing about, like, taking in- stuff, taking influence from this and whatever, like, I thought she kind of looked familiar for some reason, and then, like, I kind of pieced it together in my head, and, like, have any of you ever played the, I think it was for PlayStation 2, the, the Capcom video game Haunting Ground? Like, it's like a horror survival game, and, like, the main character I in it, end. like yeah i i feel like the main like actually let me i just copied i I was gonna paste a picture of her in the uh chat box like i feel like she's like descended from doris basically like like her did her like character design Uh and like like you're her you're trapped in a friggin mansion and you're, it's filled with, like, creatures that want to alternately, like, kill her, rape her, or otherwise, like, do awful things to her. And, like, she she has no D to protect her, basically. Like, she's on her own. All she has is the dog. And, like, you know, you're, the whole survival thing is, like, you got to hide from people. You have to, like, distract them. You know, like, me and my, like, friend, like, played it. I think it came out in, like, 2005 or six. But, like, like, I, like, just watching Doris, like, her whole, like, frilly getup, like, I was like, oh, that's kind of, like, uh, her name's Fiona in Haunting Ground. But I was like, oh, she kind of looks like Fiona from Haunting Ground. So I was wondering if they, like, took a lot of inspiration from, like, this.
2: See, the, the thing that baffles me about Doris, and this is kind of what I was getting at earlier, is the Amano design almost reminds me of, like, somebody like Deja Thoris like where her hair it, she's she's described as she has raven hair right so that's completely the antithesis of the design in this OVA where she's got pigtails and she's she's a blonde right and and the, if you look at the 2007 manga which i i don't know if it takes from the Amano designs really like like if you look at the 2007 manga She's much more voluptuous, she's more of a redhead almost, and like, she almost looks like, um, like, you know, one of those chicks from King of Fighters or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, with the fans and everything. My, you're thinking. Yeah, uh, my, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's almost like she looks like oh, my, this yeah, buxom, my. voluptuous, like, I know well, <laughs> character. Whereas this, like, she's she, you know, I, I mean, maybe it's just me, but like the pigtails make it like, like, even if she's seventeen or eighteen, you know, the pigtails make it like that she's more innocent or young or you know whatever the deal is, and maybe that's what they were going for in the the OVA. And then what I what I put aside for for a moment like this is I I just want to point out that uh, when I read the two thousand seven manga, I don't know that I realized it came from 2007 like I had thought maybe the manga was before this OVA but it's not it comes way after and when I read it in that opening sequence when they have the fight and she's like do you need that sword because if not I'm gonna take it away from you and kick your ass and then she's like look I've been given the you know the loving kiss of a vampire like I need to hire you and you know that whole routine in the manga she's dressed in a cloak and she pulls a Keiko common and like strips off the cloak and she's totally naked to distract D from fighting or whatever. And of course it doesn't work cause he's, he's the D and he's the man and he still gets the upper hand and then she apologizes. And d- the story <laughs> goes back on track to how it normally was. And, and I did look in the light novel cause I was curious. I'm like, well, you know, is, is, is this OVA more accurate or is the, the, the manga more accurate? And in the light novel, the the actual passage is this. The instant the youth turned around, the girl grabbed her cape with her left hand and whipped it off in a single motion. For a moment, the venomous glow of twilight seemed to lose its blood-red hue. Clad in not a single stitch... A naked form so celestial, none save the goddess Venus herself could have fashioned it glittered in the breeze. At the same time, the girl extended her other hand and undid her ponytail. Her luxurious raven mane splayed in the wind. Her nakedness alone had been beautiful, but this was truly enchanting. The wind twisted around, bearing nothing but the scent of a woman in the full of her bloom. So, like that that's why this reminded me more of like somebody like Dejah Thoris because i, I you know i was thinking of kind of like you know princess of mars or something you know like not not that it's on mars but like even the the sky and and everything this kind of fantasy element where it's like the the you know the, and and that's why i kind of brought up like the whole solomon kane thing because it's like solomon kane meets john carter like it's kind of like this m- mesh together thing and, and again, th- th- that's why Doris is, to me, interesting, because it seems like in these different versions, I mean, I-, I would be willing to say in the light novel, the OVA and the manga, like they're all kind of disparate to a degree. I mean, it all follows the same plot, but, uh, you know, to me, they're, they're, they're all, I guess, titillating in their own way, but, but the, the way they go about titillating is, to me, is, is, is very different you know, and, and, and I think the other character that's the most different in this is Ray Jinsei, so, but I, I know we were talking about Doris, but but those are the characters that I think are the most different across all the, the different versions.
3: Yeah, she kind of, I don't know, they, she kinda, I, I don't know what you read in the novels or whatever, Derek, but like, she kind of, like, I, at first I kind of thought she was going to be like sort of badass because she kind of attacks D with the whip or whatever, mm-hmm. but after that she just kind of becomes like a damsel in distress, so
2: I mean it's it's interesting cuz she she does fight that you know weird mutant monster thing in the beginning and 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 it like the the I guess just to bring up the Ray Jinsei thing like it in the in, in the manga like it which I think like I said kind of follows the light novel more strictly Ray is not really associated with the count or the countess like when when the Countess shows up that werewolf that rips off her her uh Doris's cross in the opening, that werewolf is is the countess's personal bodyguard. Like when they come to the house to like sort of you know He I don't never know. shows in, up in, again, ever. In, yeah it, well, that that werewolf is the bodyguard in in the novel and the manga and and Ray Jinsei is almost like an independent third party mutant and he's got his own little band of guys and like when Greco I know I know Tony was you know thirsty to talk about Greco and what a douchebag he is or whatever but <laughs> in, in some of those moments when Greco either propositions or or you know tries to strong arm uh doris like saying hey i'll hook you up i'll get you all the hunters you need and all you got to do is make kissy face with me and be my woman and and that's his whole angle in this and there's moments in the manga where this is done not in the middle of town with a bunch of people but in some remote area where it's like again kind of like what mike was saying with the the character from the the haunted game he was talking about, like you, you get the vibe, like not only is she a damsel in distress, but like, she's about to get raped or something. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's kind of literally where you think it would go. And what what was weird is Ray Ginse shows up and saves her and, and, and beats up Greco and all these other guys and they run off or whatever. Right. But then he starts like fondling her he's like, I saved you, so now you gotta give it up, you know. And it's like, it just kind of keeps going. Do you know what I mean? Like, like kind, kind of like the moment yeah. where the, yeah. the 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 that one doctor g- turns full vampire and is like, you know, stripping off uh, uh, crosses and and barren titties and all that stuff in the middle of the yeah, yeah
0: booby oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
2: So so there's there's a lot of that uh, I... kind of stuff going on. I, I did do a, a quick deep
0: dive real quick. By the way, Doris has a whip, right? She's like the whip girl, right? This uh, anime came out in 1985. The first Castlevania came out in 1986.
2: I think yeah, I think the, yeah, well, the whip was probably written in the light novel, too, in 1983, so I yeah, I don't know when Castlevania was in development, but I'd be willing to bet that Doris predates uh, Simon Belmont's whip or whatever, but
0: well, yeah, that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. Even the animation, this was being developed in 1984, probably. You know, you know, I don't mind Doris. I don't, I don't mind her at all. She's like, I don't think she's a bad heroine. Like, I think they just, you know, like depending on the dub, it's like, you know how it comes off, you
2: know? It's like... I, I, guess, I guess that's interesting, too, because I think the, the Streamline dub, she she sounds more mature. She sounds older, despite the pigtails, I guess. And then I, I, I don't know if maybe, right. Mike, yeah. you think this is more accurate, but I, I think in the Sentai dub, she sounds more her age, I guess, if that makes sense. But, like, yeah. to me a little less confident. Like, I, I, I sort of get why your interpretation of it is she's, she's, uh, you know, basically, after a few moments, she's just a damsel because of that portrayal, right? Like, whereas, I, I don't know, there, there, there was, even though it was, you know, the dub was made back in the 90s or whatever, that Streamline one, like, I, I feel like they were trying to infuse, uh, I don't know, the, the actress who did it there seemed to make her sound a little more confident, despite... Despite what your eyes were telling you on the screen, if that makes sense. Like, despite the pigtails and despite you, you, the, the helplessness.
0: Useful energy or some shit. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Which, uh, like, when she, like, when that doctor, when that doctor, like, reveals he's, like, a vampire, like, she totally, like, loses it. And, like, she's basically, like, is
0: everyone
3: trying to violate me?
0: Like, you know, like. Like, Justin, so. like, you, 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 you i've seen a lot of these dubs. like which which like dub do you think is better actually
1: uh i haven't i watched the streamline you know oh, okay. sci-fi and then in 2007 and for this time i watched the japanese because i'd never seen it before yeah I thought, I thought
2: that was interesting to watch that for the first time because i mean i i i i did it first because i know if i didn't do it first i might i might you know, puss out and not watch it, you know? I, I guess that was the first way I revisited this in a really long time, and I found that was, um, I don't know. It, I mean, you know, it, it, it was it was interesting just to, to see their take on everything, you know, depending on, you know, w- whether it was the Countess laughing or, or how they had, you know, I mean, I don't know, some of it seemed kind of stock, right, where, you know, the Count Lee, you know, has that kind of, you know, base you know, villain, you know, Japanese actor voice and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I mean, it, it still was uh, was cool to see all the different versions. I, I liked
3: the Sentai dub, like, I that was the one I first watched, so maybe that's unbiased, but, like, I, I thought they did a really good job, like, I thought the acting was really good in that, and, like, I guess, you know, the, some of the dialogue was actually really good for, you know, having to fit it into mouth flaps. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody did a pretty good job in that, uh, except for, I, I guess, I kind of can't stand the VA for Greco on either of them, but that's the only thing that I.
3: Yeah, the, like in in the yeah. I look, I watched some clips of the streamlined dub, and yeah, like Greco is like some kind of like Latin Lothario almost in the yeah, Streamline yeah. Dub, and I, yeah, I don't. I he's don't just really... like some like Southern gentleman in the Sentai dub, so yeah.
0: Well, well, well. I I, I guess just we have mentioned him as, like you know when Derek had point out that I want to talk about him is like 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 Greco is a is an odd character in this like movie. He's like he's he's obviously not a good person, <laughs> but he's not like you know a uh, stab you villain. He's just like a uh, he's an
2: asshole. He's kind of the Burke of Vampire Hunter D, right? Like he, he's kind of trying to you know. He he's out for himself, trying to get what he wants, and if other people either die or get hurt along the way, he doesn't really care about it too much.
0: Yeah, because he 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 gets a time stopper at one point, and it doesn't work out for him. So he's like, he's like when he's like a townie, like he he's the guy who could totally like steal your mail, and be an asshole, but if he actually like came to your house and was like. I'm going to fucking fuck you up, you would, you would take him out one punch. You know what I'm saying?
3: That was kind of a difference in the stream between the sh- in the Sentai, though, because, like, in the streamlined dub, they call that, like, incense he gets, like, what, like, the kettle, the magic kettle or something? Or, like, the sleepy kettle or something? But, like, in the Sentai dub, they, they go really, like, full Japanese on it, and they're like, it's like the incense of bewitching time or something. Like, so...
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think again, yeah. the streamline yeah. was trying to cater to Western sensibilities and audiences, you know, and, and they weren't trying to be 100% faithful. You know, I think, I think there was that secret hope like they were going to make sense of some of the things that didn't, that wouldn't make sense to a Western audience. Like, I, I don't know how successful they were with that. But then it, it's funny how different people like get i don't know get their panties in a bunch about different things like i I think there's the people that have the the sentimentality for the sci-fi you know the the streamlined dub and and poo poo the the sentai dub but then i think there's the people that you know instead of calling him a dun peel you know like the streamlined dub you know they they're happy that he gets called a, a dampire or whatever in the in the uh, Sentai dub, right? Like, so there's 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 things like that, or or you know, I think uh, I think it was the Bennett the Sage video where he kept saying that the Count Lee talked like uh, uh, Henry Kissinger or whatever, you know. Whereas in the in the in the Sentai dub, you know, he he doesn't you know have a you know I am the Count and I'm going to be talking to you like this for the whole movie, you know, type voice or whatever.
3: And in, in the streamlined I mean, of, uh, what yeah. do you call it, it's good old uh, Michael McConaughey as uh, D, like we know, we probably know him best as uh, Tracks and Cosmos from Transformers so, speaking of D's voice, like here's my stupid thing before we close this out like, I don't know why, <laughs> like maybe it just struck me as it would be funny but I was just thinking that like, it was almost like the, I guess it, it came from like the whole talking hand thing, like where Like, it was just something they just dropped in there and I wasn't expecting it or whatever. But I was just, like, thinking of, like, like, D should be voiced by, like, Ray Romano or something. And then, like, the talking hand should be, like, Brad Garrett or something. Because, like, he's, like all right, talking hand, like, let's go kill some vampires, and he's like, Raymond, like, I don't wanna, like, feed me something, like, and I, I don't know why, but I was just like, okay, talking hand, like, no, don't do that, talking hand, like, I don't, Ray, I don't wanna, <laughs> yeah, <the> Raymond, <laughs> yeah. give me some, of, I don't wanna eat dirt, Raymond, give me some of Ma's meat, like, no, no, talking hand, no, like, uh, I don't know. I
0: don't know why I thought I'm always liked you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's my stupid bit of everybody hates vampire on D.
1: <laughs> oh Mike. Uh, going into this blind like did you like it and would you be interested in seeing Bloodlust down the line, maybe?
3: Yeah, I could do that. Like, I was interested, like, I think Derek mentioned it, but I was like, oh, well, they're doing... I was like, I saw some, like, news, like, blip about it where I was like, oh, they're doing another new anime, but then it was like, oh, production started in 2015 and hasn't, like, progressed since then. Yeah, it seems like
2: it's been going on for a really long time. And and oddly, like, there was some kind of, I think, Western Kickstarter for a, a Vampire Hunter D comic book or something like that, but I don't even know if that got done or not but um but yeah i, I just thought that was interesting I, I guess it was done in you know with with uh approval but but i i just found that fascinating that they they were trying to get some projects off the ground but it doesn't i don't know to me it doesn't seem like they were they were super successful with it
1: i i don't know what year it came out but i know that there was one issue of vampire hunter d on mars that was released
2: okay okay maybe that's part of it then the the one last thing i kind of wanted to talk to you guys about and 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 sort of get Justin's take on was maybe focus on Count Magnus Lee like like i was reading how they were saying like and i don't know this seems far fetched to me i don't know if this is just a a, a wacky wiki like theory and if it has any any weight or whatever but there 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 was these notes about how Magnus was named after like Magneto and how the Lee was supposed to be a nod to Christopher Lee, and I I don't know how true any of that is, but I mean I I figured Justin would would have something to say about that.
1: I I don't get the Magneto part at all. Like if I mean if Lee is an homage to Christopher Lee, I mean that's great. I mean this you know it has all the blood of a Hammer production of Dracula. Like the, those films are not as gory. You know there's nobody getting. right right. bisected or anything horribly like in in this you know what he reminded me of visually he looks kind of like emperor palpatine
2: Mm, mm, that's interesting i um just to explain my goofy avatar it's uh, a cover from superman volume two issue 189 and it's it's the ed mcginnis superman as a vampire and the reason why i put that in was i i felt like every time i looked at Count Magnus, like uh, in certain clips where he was sort of at his pinnacle of strength, you know, he, he, it, it seemed like McGinnis draws everyone like Ma- Count Magnus, if that makes sense. Like everybody has like the thick, strong neck, and everybody has like those gigantic, you know, cheekbones and 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 jawline and and all that stuff. And like I, I just, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I just felt like, oh man, like. I, I feel like McGinnis must have seen this at some point and been like, "That's cool. I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna do that for everybody." <laughs> you know, like whatever, whatever. That's kind of what that felt like to me. Is it weird, like with all the, the you know, the, the the fact that that D, you know, D is for Dracula. You know, like like the sacred ancestor is my sacred ancestor. Like I I, I just I found it fascinating that that Count Magnus Lee. Seems to be more Dracula than Dracula, or or at least that he follows the the Dracula tropes, you know. Like like to me, if anybody was going to be like like the, I don't know the the Christopher Lee Dracula's ancestor or the Bella Lugosi's Dracula's ancestor, I would think it would be Magnus, not not D, right? Like because because it seems like uh, isn't I mean you know, Dracula wants to be with Mina, like is not is not Doris the Mina in this equation, you know, it, it, or or what I I don't know. Like there, there there's that aspect to that character where I feel like like Magnus follows kind of like an atypical you know, maybe a western expectation of a Dracula trope, much more so than then, D, you know, to me, like D's reminding me of Solomon Cain or or like Tony said, the man with no name or or like Mike said, you know, Angel, like those don't seem like standard Dracula tropes per se. They seem like a twist on the vampire trope, whereas I, I felt like Magnus was kind of more, you know, meat and potatoes vampire. But I, I was kind of specifically curious what you know, what, Justin, what you thought of that.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't, like I said before, I didn't really give it that much thought, to be perfectly honest. Okay.
0: That opening scene where Magnus, like, reveals himself before he bites Doris, that fucking, like, image of him in the cape before he opens his cape, that's the fucking Dracula for fucking Simon's Quest on Castlevania shit. You've never seen anything like it. The energy, the imagination, the beauty. Those who know call it anime. You'll call it amazing. The Sci-Fi Channel Global Showcase presents the American television premieres of Robot Carnival, Lensman, and Vampire Hunter D.
2: If you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you could reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. In addition, we are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, retweets that we receive. And we're on all kinds of streaming. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of Big in Japan, you can find them over on the podcast.blogspot.com. We're doing a whole bunch of episodes for Fan Holes Fright Fest. Please continue to check out all of those this month. So
0: check out all those awesome shows. And until then, this is Tony and...
1: And this is Justin signing off.
2: This is Derek, Derek WC signing off. It's Mike signing off.
0: up gents i'm just happy because i've upgraded my audio so everybody can hear me now (laughs) (laughs) you're no longer on a helicopter to mars Uh, uh, well sometimes but it it, that's usually my own fault but at least now it's not like (laughs) (laughs) that's good (laughs) proud of me (laughs) yeah
3: what is this it's 40th anniversary
2: uh,
0: 1985 that, yeah, that, yeah that sounds
2: wrong I'm like 1980 something 95 2005 2005 2015 2015 uh, what is that like 37? 37 it's
0: 37 yeah, years but, old yeah uh, okay yeah yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not 20 years it's not 20 years old.
1: 20 I am math good or good or. <laughs> it's
2: it's what we it's what we call the turquoise anniversary. I just made that up. I don't know. <laughs> um,
3: well, give me a second. My cat wants to be let out. Hang on. I <sighs> to take
0: care of the pussy. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a go. Release oh. me. Oh.
1: <laughs> I hope it wasn't sent by the Count to kill Michael.
0: Yeah. She, well, she
3: she always knows. She's like, you're not paying attention to me. You're talking to your stupid friend, so I'm going to interrupt you. Like,
2: yeah. It's a werecat. Uh-huh. She's going to rip off your cross so that Count Magnus I, Lee... Oh can no, my boob! Here. And expose my
0: boob? My kitty! <laughs> yeah. But as as I was saying... Yeah! Wow! I mean, okay. it, 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 I don't know about religious context, um, but just to be a dick for a minute, um, that one girl who is the religious girl had like a flesh and blood horse, vampire hunter D. He's like, I got a robot horse. So you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, he's smart at least.
1: They're both cyborgs like A horse. robot horse. They're, they're both cyborgs.
0: Well, Luke, Luke was like well,
1: he had robot legs, though. he had robot legs, Tony,
0: yeah, yeah, but he he got his neck bit off
1: because he's a cyborg.